Hey listeners, it's Kara. Uh, due to some random, out of the blue technical difficulties, uh, this episode will be split into two parts, maybe three parts, uh, depending on how much uh, more rambling we get done. So, so sorry that the episode was cut short. I know we were really getting on to some very juicy topics, but bear with us. We will be recording a, another segment very shortly, and I really hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Alrighty, bye! Lauren? We did it. (laughs) Wow. I don't believe it. (laughs) Okay, perfect. Um, Okay, I just woke up from a nap. I'll probably edit this all out, so don't worry about it, but who cares? (laughs) (laughs) Well, my afternoon just became a tailspin. Oh, gosh, I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Um, All right, I guess I'll just start it off. So... Hi everyone, Kara here, and welcome to another episode of Medium Talk, where we have all topics on the table and no conversation is ever too small, and we always try to keep the conversation medium. If you listened to last week's episode, um, you had might remember that I mentioned that I was going to have on a very special guest, and I'm proud to say that she is finally here, so please welcome Lauren Versino. It's me. I'm it's here. <laughs> Thank doing you so my legal wave to nobody. <laughs> I'm waving an American flag high and mighty to you right now in salute for you. Good. It's the respect I deserve. I'll even I'll try to play some like patriotic <laughs> music in here. Uh so that's a note to future self. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time to be on my little podcast. I really appreciate it. Yeah, I love little podcasts. (laughs) So I guess um, we're just going to sort of, I think how Lauren and I framed this episode was that we were just going to talk like how we usually talk on our usual phone calls. And um, Lauren and I, like, we have a pretty interesting story where we first met and where we are now. And I think uh, think we have to start at the very beginning. How about that? (laughs) you you begin the beginning because it's a little blurry for me at this point all right so from when I can remember this was 2010 or 2009 maybe um I was visiting one of my girlfriends uh in college in Richmond Virginia and Lauren had actually been roommates with one of them or no you weren't roommates I think you guys were in the same uh department yeah, uh, we were roommates later. I do remember the first time I met you now, yes. but keep going. Okay, well, from what I could gather, I remember you, this cool fucking punk rock chick with her pink hair, and I'd never <laughs> seen this before, coming from, like, suburban Northern Virginia, where, like, no one edgy was ever even, I think they probably kicked out all the edgy people after, like, 2005. <laughs> they were like... Nope, you guys have to like live in Hot Topic and like that's it. So we never saw very many uh, artsy folks up in the Virginia area where I'm from. 
So <laughs> I remember seeing you and thinking that you were so flipping cool. And then it wasn't until I think we went to a gay club that night. And then you were just, you, you were going off on the dance floor. <laughs> I don't, I don't doubt that that happened. But I remember first meeting you when I dislocated my knee. It was probably that night. I think. Oh, no, yeah. We are talking about the same thing. It was that <laughs> night in this dark club. And yep. I remember you, we all just had to leave because you had just heard something. We we're like, oh, we got to go. Party's over. Lauren, Lauren just popped something. We got to leave. So we all like <laughs> drove you back. Actually, how did we even get back? Because. No, we didn't have a car, right. and it was rain. And Uber wasn't maybe a thing. like two. Yeah, we were two miles from like where we were, and everyone was wasted somehow. And I was like sober. I don't know what your like status was. Oh yeah, but... I'll like to preface: we were all like seventeen, eighteen years old this time. Yeah, like fresh college students. Yeah, like you could smell the and, orientation uh... on us. We were that. that young. <laughs> yes, and. Yeah, and uh, I dislocated my knee doing some, like, Matrix move or whatever I thought was cool, and I literally couldn't stand on it. Like, that's how bad it was, and I don't remember who helped me hobble home, uh, but you were there. (laughs) I was. I was not helping you hobble, but uh, I was there. And then we got back to our dorm at some point and everyone was like, everyone was kind of too drunk to realize how painful that was. <laughs> but uh, I just, the time I truly remember, like my first interaction with you was when you brought that big bag of candy in because you were the only person that like understood I just needed something from someone. The bag of candy that I like... shoplifted from a Rite Aid. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep, and uh, I probably asked someone to go get me, like, painkillers, and you were just like, bag of candy, so. (laughs) That's what I remember. And then I remember (laughs) this girl was cool as fuck, because she had a Pee Wee Herman puppet in the corner Mm -hmm. of her bed, and growing up, I loved Pee Wee Herman. I don't know how my parents let us start watching it, but I always was just so fascinated, because I was such a weird person but there was just something really endearing about him I think it was his white shoes and his love of dancing I think that's what really (laughs) made me uh feel that connection and so I was like this girl's cool as hell but then boy well it was also funny though before we get into the next part which I'm gonna guess what it is but always I always thought this of you you were always like secretly like a weirdo like people don't look at you and think like that girl's into like Hulk Hogan and Pee Wee Herman and all that weird 80s 90s like stuff so when it like came out that like you were like a true fan of the strange that's when I started getting on the Kara boat but like you just didn't reflect that at all and like how you presented yourself and so that was really interesting to me because you were like oh peewee blah 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 and I was like nobody ever knows what this is thank you for being here <laughs> Lauren I never knew that like I thought it was so <laughs> forthcoming with my inner weirdo but there's so many layers of weird when it comes to me whether it's just like my weird sense of humor like my commentary on life but then my interests are also super weird but of course I know weird and I like weird. So I was 
make a note of <laughs> Mr. Peewee over there. Um, I'd like to also <laughs> give a shout out. I doubt he's listening, but happy birthday, Marilyn Manson. Yes, the king. The big five zero. He made it. He you know? made it. He made it. I don't know how many people thought he would. I wasn't too sure. Love the man to death. So happy he's I here. I think he's even surprised that he's here. I, I know, right? <laughs> he he was singing his heart out with a metal plate in his ankle. Wild, fifty year old. What man. a legend! Well, uh, we'll pour. We'll. Uh, <laughs> here's to you, Marilyn, and uh, here's to fifty more. Yeah, be a hundred, screaming your heart out. I'll be, I'll be there. there too. It'll be great. <laughs> Um, so I'm really glad that you got to see that side of me because I usually kind of, I mean, as long as I could remember, I just kept that part of me concealed because I was so worried about how people would think of me. Yeah, you were real camouflaged in there. And then like your interest in like modern, like fashion and makeup really was developing in college too. So that like buried in an extra layer. It's like, but she's into weird things, everybody. She's beautiful and into weird things. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody knows. (laughs) I would love to give you a quick shout out, Miss, because you really helped me through those years of hair experimentation when we would be in the Salon de Lauren. And I'd be like, Lauren, I want a haircut. Make me look fucking cool. And you'd be like, all right, sit down. (laughs) Sit on my toilet. (laughs) I love cutting everyone's hair. I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) But, oh, man. Oh, man. I did everyone's hair. I'm wild. And then golly. (laughs) I'll try to post some very tragic college pictures of us on the Instagram, just so you guys are aware of how we've really blossomed. Yes. I mean, it is the 10 year anniversary of like being wild and seen. Everybody's posting their like 2009 selves. You were a cute scene kid. I'd be like, yo girl, let's go to to work to (laughs) her. I like your extensions. I can spot, and you know your brass knuckles, belt buckle. Good job. And those tiger stripes. <laughs> I see that. Your sweatband on your forearm. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> now I work in a corporate office, and I'm like, that's not how you advertise to people. Blah blah blah. Oh man, little did we know we were just advertising our inner angsty selves. Oh, a hundred percent. Just mom. like. No, this is who yeah, I am. my room. <laughs> sorry y'all we went a little tangent there but um we can we can bring it right back so yes laura and i got onto a very we got off on a very interesting foot we did now (laughs) i'm a little embarrassed about that to be honest (laughs) it is nothing to be embarrassed over it happens we 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 rebuilt and i think we're even stronger than ever so you know what if a penis got in the way of us. <laughs> if a man got in between, so be so it. So be it, honey. <laughs> we were also children, so. We were, oh my God. And okay, so there we- was a guy, a common denominator between the two of us. Now, me, I like just turn on the charm unknowingly sometimes that I don't know, I don't always understand like the flirt trap that I'm creating for myself and so I get myself caught in like sticky situations and you know I had no idea that Lauren was very interested in this one person at the time and here I come out of nowhere stealing candy and stealing boys (laughs) (laughs) 
your memoir. <laughs> yes. <laughs> stealing canyons. Stealing your canyons. Stealing your boys. <laughs> the Carl story. <laughs> Mothers, lock up your sons. <laughs> 25 years of accidental flirtation. <laughs> Um, but then it was funny because I didn't live there at the time in Richmond. You guys were all going to school there and I was just down there visiting. So there wasn't really any way that this this person and I could develop into anything. I think it was just a one little flirty kind of thing. And then it put a rift between us, but we didn't really know each other that well. So I didn't really know the magnitude of the rift Mm -hmm. until I moved down there. And then I think we were kind of in each other's orbits a bit more and then, it wasn't until I think recently when this all kind of came to my attention. <laughs> yep, it was what like a couple of months ago. I was like, by the way, yeah. What what, what was that thing that you wanted to tell me, Lauren? <laughs> well, like, what do you mean? Like when I told you by yeah, the way, like, or like when I it think, was happening? Like we were saying, oh, what was your first impression of me? And like la 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 la. Yeah, I don't remember why I brought that. I think because we reached a really deep level of closeness in our friendship. And then you were like, oh, you know, by the way. um..." (laughs) You know, what's funny. um, I was a child and terrible and (laughs) for a long time. (laughs) And you were like, what? But yeah, for a long time, um, I held this huge grudge against beautiful, gorgeous Kara for swooping in on my man. And she didn't even know she was doing it. Didn't even know, (laughs) y'all. And, like, looking back on it, like, I was such a child about it. I was like, well, I like this boy, and, like, you guys need to get her out of here, and blah, blah, blah. And I'm just, like, looking back, that is so dumb. And, like, <laughs> and like I think that guy actually liked you. And so, like, who was I? Who was I to demand such things? But I don't know. Like you said, we're I was children. So little child I held grudges again like I was I don't know how me I was like see clean roommate and no one else was like that and they were just like okay Lauren like whatever like we'll do whatever I guess right so. here were they to tell you like yo girl take a seat um <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah like, no one checked my authority. I just, like, I was writing on whiteboards. Like, everyone owes this money to bills, and it's so-and-so's turn to clean and plot. Like, that's who I was in college. Y'all, <laughs> when Lauren gets her hands on an Expo pen marker and she sees the whiteboards, you best believe shit is about to fucking A plan flip. will literally develop in front of your face. <laughs> <laughs> your whole life. Whatever plans you wanted, nope. Uh uh-uh. uh, nope. it's not on the whiteboard, bitch. Like it ain't gonna fucking happen. A new agenda is born. <laughs> <laughs> but I love that about you. I remember just always being in such admiration of you because I was like, here's this headstrong, badass girl who like n- knows what she's doing about things that I didn't even know that I had to do, and here she is just doing it. And you know, I love the our mutual friends that you lived with at the time, but they're much of like the hippy dippy. Head in the clouds kind of group. And so you really, I don't know where they, you weren't there with your whiteboard. Yeah. And I think that's why we worked so well because like I was just like the sergeant of the camp and they were like, okay, guess we're at camp. Like, yeah. 
<laughs> sure, Camp Counselor Lauren's here, guys. Yeah. And I remember actually a, a moment where I was like actually warming up to you. It's when you came over to make your Betty Boops or not your Betty Boops, your um Betty Rubble costume that one year with your roommate yeah. and you needed my sewing machine. I was just like, this bitch knows how to sew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she crafty in a good way. Bitch, I'm crafty. <laughs> no, I took home back. I also had a boyfriend at the time, so what was I mad about with you anymore? <laughs> exactly. And there was no boy. The boy mm-hmm. of that past moment yeah. is not in the picture. So I was just like, you know, I'm doing my thing. Lord was good. I was good. I was making some costumes and yep. we had a fun time. <laughs> but yeah, our friendship kind of started with me just like not liking you at all. No big deal. <laughs> and here I am thinking like, oh, this girl's cool as fuck. She's like kind of cold, but like, you know, I kind of dig it. Like... I gotta like work for her love and affection. That's cool. I can do that. You know. I just love that I didn't like hurt your feelings or like make you feel bad or anything at the time because it would have been nasty. Dude, I'm I was and still am so oblivious to things like that. <laughs> like you could be like, "Car, you're a dumb bitch." You're like, oh, Lauren, you want a hug? Like, <laughs> yeah, I was very hot and cold with you for a while, but yeah. I feel like. I feel really good now that we're at like this strong place where I could be like, "Oh, girl, <laughs> tell me I all, the all these dumb things about you that I don't even know where they were rooted in. And honestly, like if I'm going to get like psychology on myself, I think I probably saw a lot of me in you and I didn't like those things about me necessarily. Or maybe I didn't know that like these were things I felt and so like because like you're always the most annoyed with the person who's the most like the parts of you you don't like and so like looking back like I kind of think a little bit of that was going on that I was unaware of also because of like how strong and on the same page we are now and like that's kind of interesting too (laughs) that is really funny so I don't know it was destiny man it it really was (laughs) And I remember when I, like, kind of came into, like, it's adult time. I got to, like, get my shit together and, like, be thinking about big things. Like, you were there who to really meet me at that level already. Like, you had already been operating at that caliber. And I was just like, girl, I need you. Like, you got to, like, help me out here. Like, I need a life support. I need someone to help me with all these questions I have about life and, and other things. You know, Lauren's also, like, my part-time uh, health sexual person (laughs) sexual health well also I'm a like no topics off the table with me I'm just like ooh, girl let me tell you what I know about that and I'm the same way I love to talk about everything but I don't know a lot about anything so I'm just like I have all these questions let's talk about it so you were there and I'm thankful for that (laughs) well and like not to like put anything bad on anybody else that we know because it's not a negative read but like of everyone we went to college with and of everyone that like I stayed in contact with um you were the one who worked their way up to my level the most because everybody just kind of stayed in their area that worked for them and that's fine but that's also why I think like going back into like psychology I saw a lot of myself in you and I was still navigating who I was that that's also what I saw I was like okay here's this girl who's ready to just like drop everything she knows and go after the things that she wants because I'm like that and who's not afraid to like take a risk and like see if it happens and if you fail in a really big way that was just the cost of like finding out 
and like all the things you and I of course have talked about over the past couple of years like no one else that we really knew back then is like that or talks to me like that or really talks to me ever and so like that's also I think a piece of like the subconscious like relationship we have because like now it's kind of going into like the like strong female narrative of like whatever like a bunch of people are like finding their soulmates or they're finding like that marriage is a thing that they're into or you know they started to build a career and then they like backed off like you and I are very like career gals we like to have relationships but we don't necessarily need them and like that's not like a negative on the relationship people have a lot of opinions about that but like you know like you are the only person that I genuinely grew up with at a time in my life that like reached the same level of like let me go get this than anybody else that I can think of so that's interesting <laughs> no and now that you say all of that it's so true and it's so fascinating because it's like we subconsciously were going through this change together and you know it, it was destiny Lauren you're my like soulmate let's just say right now <laughs> together forever yes so um yeah (laughs) listeners if there's ever someone in your life that you feel like oh i could really learn something from this person grab onto them learn all you can from them because you really never know what they could teach you about yourself and about the world and lauren and i we've i mean it's going on like 10 years that we've known each other yeah i guess just about holy shit (laughs) that's insane yeah so and seeing how much growth and development we've both gone through together and apart um, is really, it's really profound. It's really awesome. But anyway, so that's a bit of our backstory. And now, Lauren, where are you and what are you doing? <laughs> oh, girl, where am I not? <laughs> <laughs> it, the past three years of my life have just been like buck wild. And honestly, I think that's when I really like needed you the most. And, like, you know, we lived in Virginia for a while, and then you moved to New York, and I moved to Los Angeles, and I was trying to, like, build my, like, streetwear brand and, like, all that stuff, and it just blew up in my face. So then, like, you know, talking, I don't know, I, actually, I don't remember how much we necessarily talked in LA, or but we definitely talked a lot after it. Mm-hmm. Um when I moved back to my parents' house and I was like, hi, mom and dad in Detroit, Michigan. I don't have any money at all. And uh, I failed real big and I need somewhere to stay and lick my wounds. And then you and I would talk because like we went through that together in our own way. Exactly. Because I was in New York. I moved to New York in November of 2015 and came back to Virginia in July of 2016. And I remember... I think this is like right when you were about to leave LA. Yeah, because I moved home uh, like the beginning of January 2017. Right. Like so I was like, on the road uh, like January 4th. So, yeah. And I remember you saying, like, I think I have to look back, go back home and live with my parents because this thing that like I had tried to go do and wanted to work out just didn't. And I remember we were both in that, like, we're, ba- we're both back living at our parents' house in that same boat and not really having any fucking clue what was what lied ahead 
Yeah. Um, we're both working jobs that we weren't really super thrilled by. Um, but we both had this sort of dream to get out. And this, I think, was for you to either get to Chicago or somewhere else. Yeah. And like, that was kind of wild, too, because like when I got back to my parents, I didn't really have a direction. And at 25, for me, that was really scary. Yes, definitely. And because like, I was like, at 24, I was like, I'm moving to LA. I'm gonna do this thing. This thing didn't work. All right, I'm gonna work all these other jobs, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm going broke, man. Like, I can't do this. I have to like, stop. And then I like, and in Michigan, like there is no design work as like a graphic designer. And like the one that I found was terrible and it didn't pay me anything. And my boss was a nightmare and blah, blah, blah. But like, so it was like depressing. And I remember us talking about how like hard it was to just be like, I can do better than this. I'm just not able to right now. And we would talk a lot about that. And, like, I remember you being, like, I don't know if I can, like, make it if I go back to New York and da-da-da-da-da. And I was, like, bitch, that's who you are. You go. And so, and I was, like, I don't know if I want to go to New Orleans or, like, Chicago because Chicago's next door and New Orleans is, like, another half of the country away. And I keep moving across the country in some capacity from my support system. So I was, like, maybe I don't do that. But, right. um, I saved up all this money and I was like, you know what, me and like my best friend, like from Michigan, we're going to move to Chicago and we're just going to like, you know, we're going to figure it out. Like Chicago, but for what you're being paid and like the balance of like the cost of living, like it's pretty even, I would say like the taxes out here, but like I still get to keep more of my money going to work and coming home and paying my bills and all that than any other place lived because like Virginia is pretty cost effective but the design work isn't very lucrative and then LA is backwards and all that so so like you actually I think you moved to New York right before I moved to Chicago so we also did that again together and um now like and I went to Chicago. I moved to Chicago on a job interview. I didn't even have a promise mm-hmm. of a job. I don't know how I keep doing this, Tara, but I keep talking apartments into renting to me when I have no proof of income. <laughs> Yet I keep doing it. So, like, now I live, like, I don't live downtown, but I live, like, a 20-minute train ride away from downtown Chicago. I'm a freelance graphic designer being paid more than, like, the national average of what graphic designers make. And, like, that's a self-made opportunity. And, like, that's, I remember, like, us talking about that and then, like, really figuring out how to navigate being, like, career women. Like, you work through, or you did, you worked through, like, a job-placing agency for, like, marketing or whatever, and I did the same, but for creative, and we would just be like, okay, I want to renegotiate my rate. How do I do that? What do I do? What did you do? What have you learned? Like, okay, one of my other friends is facing this like really negative situation at work. Like what resources do you have or I have that we can help her and like blah, blah, blah. And like, it's kind of interesting how that all translates as you go through like the chapters in your life and you like get older and you become more powerful and more knowledgeable and navigating things in this world where maybe women don't have the best opportunities thrown at them or 
they have to work twice as hard to like prove that they deserve a more like executive position and what they're doing and like lifting each other up through that because I don't think it's taught to us to be like that you just have to be lucky and like find someone along the way who's like you and then who can also mentor you those people aren't necessarily the same but like sometimes you just have a shitty situation at work and you just have to call your girlfriend and be like what the hell is going on out yeah, here yeah we would text throughout <laughs> the day and be like man lauren i i i'm gonna need a, like a phone call after this day and it's true it's like it, it brings i feel like we both bring each other out of that tornado of whether it's like self-doubt or worry for me it's like self-doubt worry anxiety panic everything so i'm just like losing my mind on 20 different fronts and you always kind of <laughs> reel me back in and you throw me back on my feet. And I feel like I do the same for you two where it's here I am kind of giving you this very diplomatic point of view, kind of hearing what you're saying and then kind of pulling from what I've learned in my own paths. And I think that just comes from being like really independent and also very, I don't even want, I don't know, not like adventure seeking, but it's almost like risk taking and you know, you really don't fear life and what's going to happen. I mean, I moved to New York with no job, uh, four months of rent saved up. And I live with a Colombian couple in their 60s. So (laughs) to think about where I came from, um, working in Virginia, living with my parents, and then moving up here with just a suitcase, uh, and then just kind of doing all of the groundwork on my own was so grueling and so exhausting. And I mean, like, I can honestly say that, like, having you right there, like, cheerleading me on, and then I was there cheerleading you on. I mean, I, I don't know how I would have done it <laughs> without you. So thank you. Well, well you're welcome. <laughs> but it's exhausting. And, like, I don't know. You hear people be like, man, millennials don't want to do the work. And it's like, to some extent, like, I get what those people are saying, because like, it, it's not the take to leave what you know, start over, have no social circle where you are, not know a soul in the industry you're trying to like, take over. And like all that stuff, whether you're in marketing or design or like retail or whatever the hell you're doing. And, like, I've met a lot of kinds of people along the way. And when I'm talking to someone, like, I can sniff out if they can hack it or they can't. And, like, a lot of people don't want to put themselves in the mental situation that is that. And it's, like, (laughs) I mean, I don't want to do it either, but I do. (laughs) So, like... I really think having somebody with you through that and whatever, like, cause you and I are not like neighbors, like, <laughs> you know, right. I'm in Chicago. You're in New York. Like at one point you were in New York. I was in Los Angeles. Like <laughs> what? Like to find anyone along the way, I think makes the difference of like being capable of like being independent and like going after what you want. And, like, just keeping the nerve to do it. Because I think people who do it solely alone, like, they've, they lose the nerve unless they're, like, a super person. And they do exist. But a lot of us aren't that. So Exactly. And I think for a really long time, I was the type of person who shied away from asking for help because I wanted to just do it all on my own. I didn't want to have help. I thought having help made me look like I 
wasn't good about doing it on my own. I wasn't good enough to do it all on my own. But the truth is, like what you just said, you need people in your corner to keep you afloat. And that's so true. So if you're going through, let's say you're in school and you're trying to get through it on your own and you're not like seeking for help, you're just kind of digging your own ditch. And that even goes into the workforce and the real world. Like it's always good to have help. So it's always good to have like a friend like Lauren to have help from or even just like a mentor that you know or honestly finding help from wherever you can it's just always gonna like keep your eyes open for helpful opportunities in life where you least expect it kind of knowing when to be vulnerable too like it's really hard to be vulnerable and you know it even took you and I a minute to be vulnerable with each other and after a certain point you're just like in this certain place where you're just like I don't care how I get this I just like need someone to help me I don't know where to go I don't know what to do but like I think that this person kind of will get that so let me just like put my bleeding heart on the (laughs) table as messy and gross as it could be and then before you know it, they're just like, bitch, me too. So exactly, <laughs> you know, exactly. Or like, I've been there or, oh, my God, I was talking to so-and-so and they said this and like, maybe that'll help. Like, you never know what advice someone might have or who they've talked to about what. And like, I, I really feel because like, I hated college. Like, I hated it. And that's where people make a lot of their, like, life bonds. I mean, like, you and I made our bond there. Like, clearly there is truth to that statement. Mm -hmm. But I hated it. I couldn't get out of there fast enough. And, like, I just really think, depending on what your experience is, like, there's a lot of places in life that should be teaching you this nuance of, like, social interaction and community and being able to find the tools that you need that just isn't happening and you have to be really like honest with yourself and self-aware to like build those tools for yourself and like not a lot of people know how to be that because again it's not a part of the discussion we're all having well some of us are and like you know we all could be a lot stronger if we're like banding together rather than like arguing over stupid shit and whatever and you know or looking past stupid differences like you liked that boy that I liked (laughs) (laughs) so and those men aren't even around so whatever (laughs) exactly but look we are though so you know Yep, we, uh, not that, like, we need to compare or measure anybody to anything, oh, no. but, like, who's in Chicago and who's in New York? Just take a look. <laughs> That's right. We made it, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, I think, like, you you have so much truth in what you just said. Um, being vulnerable is really scary. I was recently vulnerable with this guy, and he's kind of been, like, forcing it out of me, like, over this course of time, and... even that's scary like being like romantically vulnerable because there's so much fear of what can happen but I I feel like once you're out of that gray area of knowing or not knowing and this is even the same with like your professional life or your personal life if you just say what's the worst that can happen and then just open yourself up you can be so surprised with like what life has to surprise you with and I'm trying to live life with the idea that 
I'm not going to try to freak out and control life. I just want to let life surprise me. Yeah. Because it usually does. 